are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. But very excited to kick this series off because I believe the topic today resonates with each and every one of us. No matter what age we are, uh, no matter where we find ourselves in life, maybe, maybe we're a teenager, maybe we're a young adult, maybe we're a married couple, maybe we've uh, retired, maybe we're grandparents, wherever we're at, we can all identify with the topic today. And here's the number one asked question on the survey. Out of a thousand turned in, this is the number one asked question. People want to know this. How do I handle stress? How do I handle stress? Now, some of you are stressed right now just thinking about your stress. (laughs) Go ahead, everybody just breathe in. Here's your therapy session. (sighs) Breathe out. Oh, one more time. That felt good. There we go. No need to be stressful about stress, okay? Don't worry about what you got to do after church today. Don't worry about the roast that's in the oven that you forgot to turn on. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to stress you out a little more, but here's the truth. We live in a society that's more stressed out than ever before. Um. We're stressed out about a variety of different things, our kids, our marriage, our finances, our job, um, our busy weekends, our relationships, and all the other pressures that life adds to it. We're just flat out stressed. And actually, 44% of Americans say they have more stress today than they did five years ago, 44%. Um, one out of every five Americans have what we call extreme stress, meaning that you have physical issues from your stress. 60% of all illnesses and diseases have their root in the stresses that we deal with in life. The good news is God's word has a lot to say about this. And as always at Fuel Church, we go to God's word to find the answers. We believe it's the roadmap. We believe it is the blueprint for our life. Amen. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word of God shall live forever. And so there's a lot of good stuff in God's word. And so I can't wait to unpack some scriptures that I believe will bring encouragement to you. But first, let's unmask where all these stresses come from, because all of us can probably identify with several of these stresses we find in our lives. Here's some stresses going on. We have stresses about relationships. Uh, we, we, we need to forgive and we have conflict and we got difficult people we're dealing with at our job. Come on, somebody. Difficult bosses, right? Uh, we have stresses that, that have to do with unmarried stresses. Now, if you're sitting beside your stress, just look straight at the preacher right now. <laughs> do not look to the right or to the left, but look straight ahead. Someone say, I'm sitting next to my stress. Somebody help me up in here. Uh, so married people have stress. Uh, people who are not married have stresses because they want to get married. But they don't realize how much stress getting married brings to your life. So just stay single as long as you can. 
Um, we got stresses at work. We got deadlines. We got someone breathing down our throat, don't we? We got someone saying, hey, you need that presentation turned in on time. We got homework. Come on, how many young people got homework? How many adults are in college? You got homework. You got papers. We got stresses. And then we add the bills and the mortgage. Isn't it crazy? It comes every month, doesn't it? I thought they would forget about me, but they don't. And then the kids need braces, and we got to go take them to the dentist and get dental work, and that's like $1,000 each kid. And then a copay is like crazy now. It's like, what, what, why do we have insurance anymore? Um, we, we got stresses. We got money problems. Mo money, mo problems. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Written by the, anyway. Uh, we got legal problems. We got legal problems, some of us. Some of us are going through divorce or have been through divorce, so that adds stress. That adds stress. Uh, new job, new career adds stress. Old job adds stress. 31 construction adds stress. <laughs> My Lord, have mercy. Somebody get that road done. I'm trying to stay in the spirit on the Lord's day. But man. And then we deal with illnesses and sicknesses within our body. That adds stress. We miss work. We only have so many days that we can miss. And, you know, I, I, I can't miss anymore. And my kid's sick. And they got to stay home from school. And they're missing school. And they're, they're behind on their work. And, 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 and if you have kids, depending on how many kids you do have, your stress level can go way up. And all the parents said, amen and amen. And a third amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we got parenting issues. We got stresses of expectations of others. That stresses us, doesn't it? We got unresolved sin that we stress about. We carry the shame and it wears us out. We got a stress, a big stress that Chick-fil-A is not coming to Kokomo. (laughs) It's just just not coming. I, I don't know. I said, Lord, that's your chicken. It's the Christian chicken. It needs to come to K-Town and bless our souls. But I'm stressed about it. It's not coming. But uh, anyway, we got all kinds of stresses in our life. But Jesus said this, John 16, 33. Let's go to God's word. I told you these things. I told you these things. So that in me you may have what? In this world you will have what? Oh, Jesus told us. Jesus told us. It, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Jesus said, I told you these things. And if you go back to chapter 16, you can see him talking to the disciples and he's prepping them for the days to come, the trouble that's going to come and the sorrow that's going to come and how they're going to be persecuted for his name's sake. And he says, I told you these things. So that you would not trust in this world's economical system. So that you would not trust in this world's system, but you would trust in me. Peace is found in Jesus. It's not found in a bottle. It's not found in a joint. It's not found in a pill. Though we try to find it in those substances, it will never be found in a substance. It's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. says, in this world, you have trouble. But take heart, Jesus said, I've already overcome the world. Good news. Good news. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. 
Well, some of you need to grab that today. We're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from a place of victory because Jesus already overcame every trouble, adversary, every devil that comes knocking on our door. I came to preach today. I hope you're ready. I'm feeling good. Jesus never promised that we wouldn't have trouble, but he did promise that in the middle of our trouble and our circumstances, we could have peace, that we could have peace, that we could have peace. It is possible to go through a storm. It is possible to face horrible circumstances and still have the peace of God within you. It's possible. And Jesus is giving us this prescription on how to deal with stress Psalms 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Many. (laughs) Who wants to come to Jesus today now? (laughs) Many are the afflictions. Who wants to sign up now? (laughs) Many are the afflictions. Somebody said, yep, experience that. Many, but the Lord, what? Who delivers you? The Lord does it. Not Not anything in this world, not your job, not your paycheck, Not your friend, not your Facebook page likes. Who delivers you? The Lord. Lord. See, I always thought the more I pray, the less trouble I will have. Um, The more I get closer to God, the less stress I'll have is what I always thought. But really, the closer you get to God, the more trouble you're going to have. But the closer you are to him, the greater perspective you have that my God delivers me out of everything. That there's nothing too hard for my God. There's nothing too big for my God. So no, no matter what I face today, I can look back and I have a history of victory. I can look over my shoulder. It's the only time we're called to look over our shoulder and look back at what God has done. We're supposed to forget those things that are behind. We're sp- supposed to forget the past mistakes and failures. But uh, there, there's some times in your life we need to look back over your shoulder and look at the history of victory where God came and he showed up in your life when you didn't think you could get out of it, but God delivered you out of your trouble. Hmm? He, it changes things when your perspective is that no matter what I face, God is with me. Did you hear me? No matter what I face, God is with me. Never to leave me nor forsake. I'm talking to somebody today. You're stressed out. You're down. You're letting life beat you. But I'm here to tell you today that God is with you. I'm talking to somebody today, you're saying life is tough right now. And I understand we got people in here and people listening and you're going through some serious trouble. You got some serious stresses in your life. And my heart goes out to those people. My heart goes out to those people who say, man, I'm even at the point of saying if this, if one more thing happens, I'm just done. I'm just throwing in the towel. I can't take any more stress. I can't take any more pain. My heart goes out to that person. My hope is by the time we leave today that you'll leave encouraged by God's word because I believe that God's word brings us encouragement. I truly believe that. His promises and his principles found in his word can help us to handle stress. I found some strength from this scripture in Psalms 62, verse five through eight, my personal life in dealing with stress. I love this. Is David talking, he says, yes, my soul, what does it do? Find rest in God. My soul, my, my soul is my, my mind, my will, my emotions, 
my mind, my will, my emotion? Has your soul ever been tormented? Has your soul ever been stressed out? David said, yes, my soul, it finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not, I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on him. He is my rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Oh, man, I love this scripture. I love these collection of scriptures that David said. He's saying that God wants you to find rest for your soul. God wants you to find a place of peace. I can't tell you how many people have told me, this is my refuge of peace when I come here on Sunday. Something is different about this church. I feel the presence of God. I feel at rest in my soul. And I'm so excited when I hear that. But my friend, God wants you to feel it more than just on a Sunday. He wants you to feel it on a Monday morning. He wants you to feel it on a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday. You can find rest for your soul. You can know that your hope comes from God. I love David here because he's he's doing a few things in this collection of scriptures. He's, He's praying to God and he's making a positive confession. He's praying to God. He's saying, God, I I need some rest for my soul. I got stress. I I got turmoil. I got circumstances and trouble going on. God, God, I come to you. And, and, And I'm reminded that prayer can release our tensions in times of emotional stress. Prayer. A simple prayer within your soul as you're out in the assembly line, as you're working, wherever you work. A simple prayer. God, I thank you that your peace just comes upon me right now. Regarding this situation, a simple prayer within your heart can bring you peace. And I love what David does. He, he begins to make positive confessions over his life. There's only two types of confessions you can make over your life, a positive confession or a negative confession. And so life and death are in the power of your tongue, right? And that's another series we did earlier in the year. Check out the podcast. But, but, but we, we, we got to look at this because David is speaking words of life over his soul. And as he speaks words of life over his soul, his mind, his will, his emotions, the peace of God begins to reign over his life. Hmm? The peace of God. So we, so we must guard what we say, what comes out of our mouth. And we must learn to speak those words of life when stress and things come at us and life throws us a curveball. We must learn to speak words of life. Two places that I believe... Two places are the culprits of adding stress to our life. Two main areas. There could be a whole list, but two main areas, and that's time and money. Would you agree? Time and money stress us out, don't they? Let's start with time first. Um, You know, time is, uh, is really a currency that we've been given. So I ask the question, how are you spending the currency of time? Is your life out of balance because of mismanagement of time? I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help you to handle stress. Now, don't get off the train here. Listen to me. Here's the culprits, time and money. Some of us plan too much. We cram so much in our schedule, and it stresses us out and everyone around us out. 
It gets quiet when you talk about this, doesn't it? But it's so true. Here's the thing. You can't do everything you are currently doing right now. You're stressed out. It's not getting better. It's actually getting worse, truth be told. Because you schedule everything. And you say yes to everything. And it comes a point in your life where you have to say, I am the bank that controls the currency of my time. And no one else is going no to rob my bank of time. This is my time that I've been given. You ever notice God's not creating more time? Everything else is reproducing after its own kind. Plants, animals, humans. Come on now. We're, but he's, he's creating more humans. He's creating more wildlife. He's creating more flower. He's creating all that, but he's not creating more time. Hmm? We, we have a limited number of, amount of time. Our, our days are numbered, the Bible says, on this earth. And so we have to use our time wisely. Time is fleeting. How are you using it? Are, are you using time to cause more stress in your life? Or is time causing less stress in your life? Just, just a simple question. Simple question. If you're saying it's causing more stress, I would encourage you to make some adjustments. Because if you don't manage your time, it will manage you to the point of stress. And we can blame it on a lot of things, right? Our stress. We can blame it on our boss. We can blame it on our kids. But really, we're in control of the time. We're in control. We put priority on what we want to make time for. Every one of us do. Every one of us do. So what adjustments do you need to make? This is something we do in our house weekly. Tara and I sit down usually Sunday night and just talk about the week and talk about the schedules and what, okay, who has practices and who has games and who has this and what we got coming up this weekend and we go through it because if we don't go through it, we're going to get stressed out because halfway through the week, she's going to say, you didn't tell me you had this schedule. Come on, how many, how many wives are like, yep, that's my husband. He schedules stuff and doesn't tell me. <laughs> Some of your husband's like, I don't schedule anything no more. <laughs> I'm in the doghouse if I schedule stuff without telling her. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> I'm working on that. <laughs> but no, no, seriously, we sit down, we go over the schedules, we go over, okay, here's what our kids got and here's what we got and here's what's happening at the church and, and this and that and it, and it helps us manage it. It helps us and then we cut and paste right there. We cut and paste right there. Well, do we really, that's gonna conflict with that and that's gonna conflict with that and so, so we don't have to do that this week. Let's, let's cut that out right there and, and so it just helps us to manage our time because I've found that time stresses us out. Number two thing is money. Someone say money. We ask questions like this. Do we have enough? Where is it going? How are we spending it? Is it going to the right places or no? Right? Your money or lack thereof is stressing you out. Huh? Someone said, if I just had a lot more money, I'd be good. No, you would not. You ain't managing the little that God gave you. You wouldn't know how to manage more money. Faithful over little, then God will make you ruler over much. Right? If you can't be faithful with the little money you have, you'll never be faithful with more money. Right? You, you just have a management problem. You just have a, a, a spending problem. Oh, come on now. <laughs> now, our money series isn't to November, but um, th- this is an issue for many of us. 
bad money decisions have destroyed many, can I say many of marriages? Many marriages. Many marriages. It's the number one cause of divorce. Inside the church and outside. The divorce rate is the same, same percentage in the church versus those who don't go to church, by the way. It's no different now. But it's the number one cause of divorce. Money problems. Money issues. You didn't tell me you were spending that money. You didn't tell me you were hiding that money. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Woo. Some of the most intense moments of fellowship in my house are about money. Some of the most intense moments of fellowship in my house are about money. Yep, we all got to. And, and here's the thing. If we don't talk about it, it gets worse. You ever notice that? I just won't say anything about it. I won't say anything that I charged up $1,000 from the Amazon Prime account to my husband. Oh, honey, you better say a word. You better let him know because he got work overtime for the next four or five weeks. You better let him know. Then he working overtime. Then he's stressed out because he come home and the house is dirty and ain't nothing done. And I'm working overtime because you charge $1,000 on the Amazon Prime. Well, I got free shipping. <laughs> My Lord, free shipping ain't worth it. And then you got more stress. And then you come home, you're kicking the dog, you're throwing the cat in the neighbor's yard. Come on, somebody. Cats don't belong in your yard. (laughs) All dogs go to heaven. Not sure about cats. Just saying. God bless you. If you want to write a letter, write it to joel at thefuelchurch.com. And so, so, so we, we have, we have money stresses, money stresses. Nine year, nine years into my marriage, we had money stresses. We, 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 we thought we were living the life, man. We had four of these beautiful, I mean, they had colorful and shiny credit cards. They were awesome. I mean, I could just go to a restaurant and just slide it and just sign something and walk out. Man, this is cool. And nine years in, we're in $22,000 in credit card debt. We look at the four cards and we had a decision to make. Are we going to keep living this way, stressed out, down each other's throats, fighting all the time over money, foolish spending, or are we going to make a change? And so we made a change. We cut up the four cards. We got on a program, and in four years, we had it all paid off, and we've never had a credit card since, and I never will, as long as I live on this earth, have a credit card. That's my personal conviction, okay? That's just me. If we don't have the money, we don't do it. We don't do it. We don't do it. We don't do it if we don't have the cash. Cash is king. So what did we do? We stopped living beyond our means. We stopped trying to keep up with the Joneses. We stopped being foolish with our spending. And we stopped being a slave to the lender. That's what we did. And we got out of debt. Now we have what we call good debt. Our mortgage and cars and all that. But no credit card debt. And I I don't plan on having any credit card debt. That's bad debt. That's the kind that they charge you 35, 40% interest. And you think you're good with that flat screen that costs 1000 but by the time you get done paying it, it's 2000 <laughs> Right? And so, so money, money, money stresses. 1 Timothy 6.10. I'm just teaching you today. Is this okay? You guys all right? You need anything? Popcorn and Cokes is next September. <laughs> Come back for that. 
First Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And some people, some people craving money or financial success have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Wow. Wow, for the love of money. Now, money itself is not evil, right? We need money to live. You got to work, right? You got to pay bills. Your kids are growing, man. They're outgrowing their shoes. Come on now, they're outgrowing their pants. You got to pay for that stuff. The money itself is not evil, but... The Bible says when you love money, when you lust after money, it becomes the root of all evil. And it goes on to say some people, some people, they're craving it so much, the success. They're craving the bigger house so much. This is the Bible. Some people, they want things so much that they've wandered from the faith. Wow. That's a strong verse. That's a strong, that, that because of a love of money, you can wander from the faith. And it says they pierce themselves with many sorrows. Why? Because at the end of hitting that amount, at the end of getting that bigger house, you're not any more happier. You're not, you don't have any more joy because your joy can't be in a dollar bill. Your joy has to be found in Jesus. Hmm. So time and money rob us of rest. We're stressed because of time and money issues. How do we find rest for our souls? Who wants to know? Two people. The rest of you are dismissed. You'll never know how to spend your time and how to spend your money until you, number one, live with the sense of purpose and urgency. Number one, live with the sense, I hope you take notes, live with the sense of purpose and urgency. See, once you find out your purpose and what your life is all about, it makes it easier to say yes to some things and no to other things. That right there was worth coming to church, by the way. If you didn't get that, you're off the bus. You're officially off. We'll make another round and we'll make another stop. Get back on. I'm going to say that again. Once you find out your purpose and what your life is all about, it makes it easier to say yes to some things and no to other things when it comes to time and money. When it comes to time and money, the number, top number two stressors in your life. Hmm? Now all your time and money decisions are based on does it line up with my purpose? What is your purpose? I don't know. Maybe it is being totally debt-free, okay? That's your purpose, so we don't eat out at Applebee's every Friday night. We don't get coffee that costs $7.50 every day, okay? I'm, I'm just saying, we, we, we're cutting back on Christmas. We're not buying all those gifts. We're going to buy some gifts, but we're not buying as many as we used. I don't know. you got to find your purpose, or we want to give more to missions, we want to give more to the house of God. I don't know. You've got to find your purpose. And then you live from that purpose. And your money decisions will line up with that purpose. It's living your life intentionally with purpose. Most of us in here do not live our life intentionally. We get a check and we blow it. I'm just being honest with you. We live paycheck to paycheck. Most people in here. Most people in here live paycheck to paycheck. We don't have a place for every dollar. We don't have a place for every dollar. And until we start living intentionally, we're going to be stressed out over money. We, we, we don't live intentionally. We don't have purpose. And, uh, you know, we have to learn to live with this sense of purpose and urgency when it comes to time and money can't do that unless you know your purpose. Unless you know your purpose. 
Uh, one of the greatest gifts Fuel Church gives you is the pathway to discover your purpose. It's called Next Steps. Many of you have been to it. And in these next steps, we do four things. We want you to know God. We want you to know God personally for yourself. For yourself. Because Monday and Tuesday, we're not going to be there. You need to know him. You need to know his book. You need to talk to him. Yeah. You can't know him from a preacher. You can't know him from your spouse who's on fire for God and you not on fire. You can't know him out of your spouse's relationship. I'm sorry, honey. It don't work that way. You need to know him personally. And so you need to know God's person personally. You need to know what quiet time, devotional time, prayer time is. Come to church faithfully. And then from there, we help you to find your freedom, to settle your yesterdays, because we all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits, and we need to find freedom. Then we help you to discover your purpose, because we believe this changes everything for you. We believe this changes everything once you know why you're here. Number one Google question is, what is my purpose? Why on earth am I here? People want to know. They're still searching. Why am I here? Born again, spirit-filled Christians asking, why on earth am I here? What is my purpose? We want to help you with that. So why? So you can go move forward and make a difference in somebody's life. Life is so much better and so much more fulfilled when you make a difference in someone else's life and not just concerned about us four and no more, but you look outside of your house, you look outside of your car, you look outside of your pantry full of groceries and you say, can I make a difference in someone else? Hmm? So we help you with that. We help you with that. I believe as you discover your purpose, your stress level will go down. Maybe too much of our time is spent on temporal things that are not satisfying us, but only stressing us. And not enough things spent on eternal things that really matter, that are really going to last. Psalms 39, 4 and 5 says, Lord, remind me of how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeting away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Wow. How are you managing your time? How are you managing your money? Here's the second principle. If we're going to be less stressed about time and money, we need to learn to put first things first. God has an order. God hasn't, he's always had an order since the book of Genesis. Look at it. God has always had an order of priority. He wants to be first. He established the principle of first. It's found in Matthew 6, Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those things that you want and desire. Oh, they'll be added unto you. That's the easy part. I just need you to seek me first. That's why all throughout the Bible we see the principle of first. God said, on the first day of the week you seek me. Come to my house on the first day and seek me. All throughout the Bible, we see men and women of God, especially David, would quote it many times in the Psalms. He would say, early will I seek him. The first part of my day, I will give God the first part of my day. And through prayer, through communion, through worship, the principle of the first. God said, hey, 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 that money that you made, that I gave you the strength to make, the wisdom to make, the power to make it, hey, Give me the first part. Give me the first part. Order a priority. First things first. 
Some in here may say, I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out in many areas. I'm stressed out in making decisions for my life. But the question is, did you go to God first in prayer? Did you go to God first in prayer? I'm stressed out in my marriage. But did you make time for dates in your marriage first? First things first. Or are you doing your separate hobbies and growing further apart from your spouse? I'm stressed out with my kids, but did you invest time to teach them how to act in public? Are you just putting a screen in front of them, letting the screen raise them? And then they act like hell out in the world. Come on, somebody. They're uncontrollable even for you when you're out in public. You didn't have first things first. I'm stressed out in my money, but did you make time to invest in the right places? Stressed out. Stressed out at my job, but did you take time to learn and educate yourself so you can move up that ladder? Huh? First things first. What is it God is asking you to put first? Huh? We know he wants to be first, number one. Our spouse should be number two, and then our kids and others should be after that. And some of us have the priority mixed up, and you're stressed because of it. All because of the order of priority. You're stressed. God's saying, put me first. Last point, in order to balance time and money, in order to be less stressed, we need to keep our hearts set on heaven. We need to keep our hearts set on heaven. I'll close with this. We need to learn to lower our expectations of earth and raise our expectations of heaven. (laughs) We need to have an eternal perspective more than an external one. Eternity is in my heart. I'm, I'm just passing through this life. I'm only here temporary. I'm passing through. You know, the older generation had it. They sang songs about heaven all the time. I love the old hymns, man. Call me old school, call me whatever. I love having a leather Bible. I open it every day. I thank God for the digital stuff, but I like holding a Bible, holding leather, and turning the pages, and once in a while, they tearing a little bit. There's something, about, there's something about the old hymns that they would sing about heaven. They would say, some glad morning, when this life is over, I'll fly away. <laughs> when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. They had their eyes set on heaven. They said words like this, there is a land that is fairer than the day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, in the sweet by and by, we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by. We need to get our eyes on heaven, and we'll be less stressed. I love this, John 14, 1, 2. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. This is Jesus talking. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If we're not so, I would have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. Our hope is heaven. Our hope is heaven. Jesus offers more than a better now. He offers a better place than right now. Oh, Our hope is in heaven. Don't put your hope in this earth. Don't put your hope in this economic system. Don't put your hope in politics. Put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus. So if I'm going to lower 
my stress level, if I'm going to learn how to handle stress, I need to live with a sense of purpose and urgency. I need to put first things first. And I need to keep my heart set on heaven. That's what I need to do. If I'm going to balance the stress of time and money, I need to live with purpose. I need, I need to know my purpose. I, I need to have the order of priority right. Maybe I'm so stressed is because the order's all mixed up. And I need to realize that I'm just passing through. I'm just passing through. And my hope is in heaven. That my problem may be big, my God is bigger than my problem. Your problem may be big, but your God is bigger. Your problem may be big, but your God is much bigger. You say, what do I do? Well, you do what you can do, and God will do what you can't do. You do what you can do, and God will do what you can't do. Do what you can do to lower the stress in your life when it comes to time and money. Make some steps today. Come on. We're not just hearers of the word. We're doers of the word here at Fuel Church. We just don't come to assemble like we're at a country club, like we're paying an admission price. Come on now. We are believers that are being changed from glory to glory. We're not coming here to be entertained. We're coming here to be changed by the Spirit of God. So now I need to take some steps. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus' name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you to find a good local church. If, if you can get to Fuel Church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great week.